We're, we're going to look at part four here of our series that we've been looking at, this epicenter uh, series, recognizing that uh, Jesus is the center of everything, that Jesus is preeminent above everything, and because of that, we want to be very intentional to make him central epicenter in our lives, that he would not just be Savior, that he would be Lord. I appreciate Pastor James and Pastor Ralph, the messages they brought over the last couple of weeks, and now with this, again, being our church birthday, we're talking in this part four about Jesus and his church. And, you know, when we talk about this, going back to week one, acknowledging Jesus being above all, we looked in Colossians 1, 18, and it said, he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. So what we want to do now uh, this morning is I, I just want to spend a couple of minutes uh, looking at some key things that we really want to grab a hold of when we acknowledge what is his church. You know, what's the church that Jesus is leading? It ought to be that he's leading every church. Sadly, that's not the case. But we want to be those that, that have Jesus continuing to lead uh, because this is his church. It's not anybody else's. Uh, it's ours in that we are his, but it is his church. So we want to talk about the nature of the church he leads. And then, you know, uh, relevant to this season that we're in, this COVID-19 season of time that we've been marching through, I want to talk about 10 reasons. It's not, it's not a 10-point sermon. But it's 10 reasons why we absolutely must not forsake assembling together as his church. So, so it's a message to stir our hearts. It's a message to root us down more deeply. And I pray, you know, our God is the God that leaves the 99 to go after the one that's wandered. It's my prayer that if anybody has wandered uh, during this season of time, that God would stir your heart uh, to, to recognize and acknowledge, man, I have to anchor and prioritize my assembling with the church. Now, we, as, as a, a church family here, we've try to be as inventive as we can be in how we're assembling. So, you know, for us on a Sunday morning right now, that's including these beautiful faces that are here in the sanctuary. Uh, it's including anybody who's listening out in your car on the FM radio station. Uh, normally we have the picnic tables outside so the speakers would be playing and somebody could listen on the lawn if they want to do that. And then of course we have the live stream. And that's because we have folks that are in a variety of life circumstances that are necessitating uh, to connect and to assemble in a variety of different ways. And we're just going to keep trying to innovate the way we do those things so that we can have as many opportunities as possible during this very weird, challenging season to not lose the connecting and the assembling together. So talk more a little bit about that down the way, but uh, let's just take a look at a short video that, that really does a nice introduction into what is, what is his church like. Let's take a look.
How many know you didn't come to church today? How many know you're the church and you came and assembled in the building that the church meets in? Amen? Right? We say, oh, what a beautiful church. It's, oh, what a beautiful church building is really what's more accurate. What a beautiful place where I think what's really beautiful, the body of Christ, gets to assemble together and, and seek God's face. But just some, some really cool th- thoughts and points brought up in that, that short little video. And again, I'm a, I'm a visual person, so I always appreciate any time we can tie something in visually. But let's talk just a few things here to get our thinking kind of washed in God's perspective, the truth about the nature of his church, the church he leads. So number one is the mission of his church is to make disciples of all nations. His church, the focus, the main point, the bullseye, the mission is that disciples would be being made. That means for us that we are his disciples growing from faith to faith, as it says in the word, from glory to glory. We're to be looking more and more like him, growing up in Christ. And then we're also to primarily be looking at seeing other people come to know Christ as Savior, become disciples and followers of Christ, and grow as well. Not just here in our backyard, but for all nations. It's a gospel that's to go forward forth to all nations. Let's look at it in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So, you know, church does a lot of things, and there are certainly a bunch of other components to meeting together and having church. But his church, primary, first and foremost, is that disciples are being grown and and people are being reached to become disciples. The second uh, thing about the church that he leads, his church is a supernatural church that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. Let's look at uh, Mark 16 when it talks about the Great Commission, the call of Jesus to go into all the world. Verses 15 and 20 of Mark 16. 15 through 20. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And how many know that's talking figuratively about uprooting the serpent's kingdom, right? Uh, If they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well goes on to say, after the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them, confirming his word by the signs that accompanied it. So, you you know, again, there's a lot of different ways that church is being done out there. The church that Jesus leads is a church that goes out in the power of the Holy Spirit. We see it laid out. We see it modeled for us in the book of Acts. They just went, they drove back the darkness. God's spirit was moving. People were being saved. Uh, Strongholds were being broken. Lives were being delivered, transformed, healed. This is the nature of God's kingdom. And a church that is his church is one that needs to go out in the power of his spirit. Uh, A third attribute of the church that he leads, and and we've looked at this in the video here, the church isn't an organization, it's his body. 
And, and so oftentimes when we talk about this, I know for me, a lot of times I'll go back to the passage in Corinthians that, you know, talks about, you know, the eye shouldn't say, you know, kind of talking about each body part, not one thinking it's better than the other. Uh, but let's look at a, a short passage in Romans chapter 12, verses four and five. And it says, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function. So in Christ, we though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. But you hear that last part. Each member belongs to all the others. You know, and I, I'm so grateful in our country for, for the freedoms that we have, for the ideals that our country has been founded on. You know, and in that, you, you know, we can be characterized as Americans as fiercely independent. But, you know, when it comes to our walk with God, when it comes to our approach to church community, we don't want to be bringing fierce independence into the community setting. You know, it says here, you know, each belongs to all the others. A better way to put it is we need to be interdependent. We're dependent on him, but we have this acknowledgement that we together, all of us, are a part of his body. And each of us brings something to that body that if we're not here, we wind up frustrating God's best for that body. You know, and it's one thing for us to approach life in light of the fact, uh, well, I'm just kind of doing my thing and I'm part of his body, but it's a whole nother way to see things when we rub shoulders and interact, when we recognize, wow, we belong to each other. There, there's a serving that comes. There's a caring that comes. There's a, it goes back to, it's all over scripture, right? I mean, if I belong to you and you belong to me, when you're hurting, man, that, that, that hurts me. Good news, when you're winning, I celebrate. Because you're winning, I'm winning because we're the body of Christ and, and we're, we're not independent of each other. We're interdependent because really, when it's all said and done, we belong to each other. Does not, not speak of humility, uh, in love, preferring one another, all these things that scripture says. Really, really uh, great for us to recognize that this is not an organization, but we are the body of Christ. And, and we acknowledge that within this setting as a local church, but then let's even take a step back and think about that in the light of the community, the other local assembly where there's born-again believers all over our county, all over our state, the same body of Christ. When that church wins, we're winning. When God's pouring revival through a church, we're winning, right? Because we are part of the same body. We, we belong to each other. What, what a healthy thing to, truth to remind ourselves of. Can you say amen? Uh, fourth point, and we're just going to do five of these, that, that when, when we look at his church, the church that he leads, and again, this was alluded to in the video, it's spoken out, but let's, let's acknowledge it. We don't go to church, we are the church. And if we can really, really recognize that, you know, there's two sides to the coin. On one side of the coin, we don't need to come to the building to be the church. But on the other side of the, or, let me word that differently too, in, in light of the season then. We don't need to connect in uh, here to be the church because it's not what happens in the building. It's not what happens with the organization per se. But you know, the flip side of that coin, uh, we, we as a part of the body, because we are the church, we are called to connect and come together. Amen? Right? So, so it's really important. Uh, Acts 14, 27 it says, on arriving there, they gathered the church together. 
You know, and this was before they were church buildings, but I just love that the book of Acts acknowledges and lays out for us, you know, the, the ones that were gathering, that is the church. All right, and then the fifth thought that we'll look at here uh, uh, regarding the church that Jesus leads, Jesus and his church, is that we as his body are to be salt and light. So we acknowledge that his mission to make disciples is first and foremost, but he gives us these pictures of salt and light. And of course, when we think of salt, a lot of times we, we think there's two main functions of salt. One is flavor, you know, but the, the real key one that's, that's being brought out for us here is that salt is a preservative. So we are to be that which preserves the kingdom of God in our culture and in our society. You know, we, we are that preservative of God's ways, God's truth, who he is, his presence, carriers of him to all that we would interact with, all the people, all the culture, all the ideas, all the philosophies that we would come and interact that way. And then also in that, that we would be light. And the beautiful thing about the light is that we are just carriers. We're the lantern. We're the candle. You know, the flashlight, however you want to put it. You know, and, and the good news is the power is not in and of ourselves. Uh, we just have to be carriers of the light. If we're salty and we carry that light into a dark place, the beautiful thing is there is nothing that darkness can do when light steps in. Jesus said that the gates of hell would not prevail against his church. And that's a picture of if we bring that light into dark places, the only thing it can do is open things up. And there's a lot of folks that are stumbling around in darkness that are, that are being hurt, tripping over things and, and stepping into pits and dangerous things. And we, we come in as salt and light and they get to see what God is like and they get to see a pathway to salvation, to God's goodness, to God's love, to, to wholeness, to freedom, all these great things. So there's just a couple of thoughts to prime us on. So that's the church that he leads. That's the church that we want to be uh, as we are here on our 35th anniversary of, of being a local church here, the Church of Grace and Peace. So with that now, let's talk about 10 reasons to not forsake assembling together. Let's look at 10 reasons why we want to be covenanted and committed uh, in our local church. So let me also say here too, uh, before I forget, and I'm going to circle back to it at the end. We're going to be having a membership class next Sunday uh, in the afternoon. If there's anybody that's not been membered, it's going to be a Zoom class, so you can do it online. Uh, that, that's the only way we'll do it for this one. It's just going to be online, so you don't have to worry about masks or any of that stuff. But today is the deadline because we want to mail you the membership stuff tomorrow. So if you want to sign up for that membership class today, again, I'll remind you at the end, you can do it a couple of different ways. You could go to info at graceandpeace.org and just say, sign me up for membership. You can call the church office and leave your information, or uh, you can use our text number. And if you text NMC for new member class, NMC, uh, it'll, it'll hook you up where you can uh, text over and, and uh, get signed up for that. So uh, being committed, being uh, membered to a local assembly is so important. So in, in light of who Jesus is in relationship to his church. I want to now run through these, uh, these 10 reasons why we should make sure that we are committed to the local church. Do you know statistics are telling us uh, around the nation as they're surveying and doing studies, they are approximating that at least a third of those who attended church pre-COVID won't be going back to church after things fully reopen. 
I know for me, I, I don't, don't for a second believe that's going to be the case here at Grace and Peace. I, I believe, I just believe that, you know, that there can be trends, but Jesus is greater than the trends. Not only that, we're not passively watching that happen, but we're strategically looking to operate in the face of those things. But that makes a message like this very, very important during a time like this. Because if we choose to not prioritize and commit to being planted down in a local church, it's very dangerous for us as far as our own personal journey with the Lord goes, to be isolated on our own. And a lot of times when people do that, they, they won't acknowledge that they're isolated on their own. They'll say, I have this, I have that. I have content, uh, you know, on podcasts and I have this. I'm talking about the doing life in community as brothers and sisters in God's family. That is a game changer uh, as compared to trying to walk this thing alone. So that's the one side. But then secondly, it's not only dangerous for us personally, but then what you bring to the assembly what God put in you and your gifts and your shape and who he made you to be, then the body misses out on that. And I know for me, that's a heartbreak. And at the end of the day, that's me. How much greater is that a big deal that that's a heartbreak for the Lord? Because he's got a great purpose for you as you are plugged down in your local assembly. And we don't make light of that. When we are in membership class, we'll, we'll encourage folks, make sure you hear from God that you're to be planted here. Because when you know you're planted here or you're planted wherever, then the roots can go down. And when stuff winds up happening, you're not moved by the stuff. Because you know that's where God's got you planted. Can you say Amen. So I pray that there would just be such clarity for us. And for those, uh, th again, there's a variety of reasons why uh, we can't all be gathered here together and why things aren't fully opened. And, and we're just so looking forward to as things continue to reopen and, and what, what it looks like when we're back firing on all cylinders and, and, and working in people's lives and our kids' ministry indoors and all, all that good stuff. But in the meantime, uh, I'm putting a call out this morning, uh, whether, whether you're watching this live whether you catch this later on here in, in, in the sanctuary that we would make a fresh commitment and covenant to say that I am prioritizing assembling together. All right, so with that, let's, let's look at these 10 reasons, 10 great reasons to do this. Number one, to refuel and to recharge. So just by a show of hands, have you ever come on a Sunday morning and it just fills you up? Like filling up the gas tank. You know, I know for many years, our youth ministry, we would have, and we still do, the youth and the kids ministry meet on Wednesday nights. And we looked at that a lot of times and said, well, hey, should we pick a different night? Should we do a Friday night when the kids can stay later? They don't have school the next day. Or maybe a Sunday night because it's sort of like church day and everybody's in that mindset. But you know what we realized? That midweek time for the students was such a fuel up, such a fill up of the gas tank. You know, three days into school and all the ideas and all the garbage and all the world system stuff and people's flesh and everything else to come and worship God and be loved on and, and be with those who are walking in the same direction. Man, just fills you up. And then to have that on our Sunday mornings, just every Sunday coming out and filling up. Church, how many know there is such thing as a corporate anointing? You know, so we have one thing when we're walking with God day to day, and, and we ought to be doing that. We ought to be walking with him day to day. But I thank God for a corporate anointing. And then there are times, I mean, as the pastor, and I'm studying scripture all week, and I'm writing sermons, and I'm praying, and we're doing all this stuff, and I come in on a Sunday morning, and just being here with you and worshiping God together, ah, oh, just fills me up. 
Amen. It just, just recharges, recharges me spiritually. Romans 10, 17. Uh, in the NIV, it says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Another translation just says it very simply. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as we hear the word proclaimed, whether we're singing it, you know, singing it out as the worship team is leading us, or whether we're hearing the word in, in, in the sermon, in, in prayer time, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. A second reason we should gather is to build significant relationships. God created Adam and, you know, created all the animals and had him name them. And as cool as God's creation and animals are and stuff, um, you know, God realized, nope, he needs, uh, uh, he needs more. He needs human companionship. And uh, God made Eve because we need people. We need significant relationships. And so we all have family. We have uh, business associates. We have friends. We have maybe enthusiasts of hobbies and all these different people that we rub shoulders with. But there is nothing like the kind of connection and relationship you, you have with somebody who knows Jesus as Lord and somebody who is walking the same pilgrim's path that you were walking. We're not, we're not of this world. We're just passing through until we get to eternity and see him face to face. This world is a, a, uh, a part of the journey. It's not the end in and of itself. So how precious and how important for us to have relationships where people are on the same page on something on the most foundational level of eternity and, and, and spiritual life and so forth. A third reason is to win the lost. And again, I alluded to this, uh, or I talked about this rather, uh, Luke 15, verses 4 to 7, leaving the 99 to go after the one. Let's look at it. It says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So I, I mention this oftentimes in the altar call, how heaven has a party every time, you know, that, that we're uh, seeing somebody come to know Jesus as Lord. So we talk about inviting people to church, inviting people to some of the functions and activities. We appreciate everybody who's watching online that does this as a watch party and just gets the word out so people can know that Jesus loves them, that the, again, there's hope and salvation. And hey, how much more during a season like this where folks are rattled and shaken and there's so much that is unsure and unstable in our world around us. To be able to get people some good news uh, is, is just going to be uh, so, so good for them. All right, uh, number four, to serve others. Another reason that we come and gather together is to serve others. And interesting, this is a very sobering verse. Let me read from Matthew 25, verses 41 to 45. It says, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and ye gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and ye did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and ye did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and ye did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. 
So again, the Lord is, is again, tying us back into we're his body. And so when we don't operate as his hands and his feet and his heart to the world around us, that frustrates the plan of God. That frustrates the will of God, not only in us, but through us. And and so when we look at serving, the opportunity to come to serve, whether it's serving in one of the many ministry areas that we have. We, we have our folks that have been just so faithfully continuing to do our food pantry. We have our parking lot. We have our ushers and greeters, our, our tech and sound and worship. We have our kids workers, our youth workers, those that have been going and cleaning and sanitizing in between service, security, uh, all the different leadership posts and everything like that. It's all servanthood. It's all serving people. And then of course, how many know we don't limit serving just to one of those job descriptions. Amen? You know, serving is something that maybe we just see a need next to us, or we're just walking out the door, and there's, there's somebody there that has a need. It, serving is, is something that we, we just carry as part of our lens. But let me say something about, we're talking about this in the context, the church that Jesus leads, the church that he is the head of. Servanthood is part of the discipleship process. God works in our lives through the serving that we do. We could put it this way. God will not be able to work in our lives if we are not practicing servanthood. Let me also put it out this way. When you and I rub shoulders with people and folks get on our nerves, people frustrate us. We say, who needs this? This is aggravating. You know, all of the things that can happen along the way. I want you to hear it. I want you to be reminded. God is working his will, his salvation. Your discipleship is being worked out through the living of life with people, even when it's bumpy or frustrating or even painful. Can you say amen? So it's, it's us learning how to look more like Christ. And we only do that in those settings where we're rubbing shoulders with other people. So that's the inside side of it, of what God wants to do in us. But then let's also realize that our church is going to be most effective when every one of us is bringing our supply. You know, servanthood is ultimately coming in on a Sunday morning and saying, Lord, what's your purpose for us today? And how can I be a part of making sure that happens? Lord, let me come and begin servanthood today by exalting you as Lord even though it's the last thing I feel like doing because I had such a, a rough week, you know? And we, and we lift Jesus up and we serve him and we serve others as unto him and then great things wind up happening, again, in us and they wind up happening through us. All right, let me rattle off these last couple here. Uh, why it's important for us to not forsake assembling, it's gonna help us stay balanced. And I'd even encourage you, you know, if the the disconnection that has been forced upon us because of this season, we have to work really, really hard to make sure that we don't stay disconnected from other people. Uh, Not only that, but then if your only resource winds up uh, relationally, winds up being what you get off of social media, oh, Jesus, help us all. You talk about getting out of balance, 
You know, you get shoulder to shoulder with people. Come on, the enemy is working overtime, whispering, trying to hijack news reports, little, uh, little teachings and, and well-meaning things and, and, and opinions and all these things that come in social media. And the next thing you know, there's this scenario that's built up, you know, and then all of a sudden we, we come and interact with people and it's like all of this, this landscape that the enemy created just comes tumbling down. We get to stay balanced. We get to stay in the right place. Also, there's another, another way we could look at this too to stay balanced is get around other people. You know, one thing I've observed in my own life during, the, during these last couple of weeks in particular, things have kind of in, culturally in, in, our, in our state, they've kind of stagnated a little bit, haven't they? You know, we had all of this, you know, this is opening, this is opening, this is opening, and then it was like, whoa, and it just kind of slowed down and it got sluggish. It's really good to get around other people that are worshiping God, that are lifting up God, you know, praising Jesus, hearing about keeping a fire under our seat for God as we're walking through this season. It's a little longer than we would have wanted, okay? It's a lot longer than we would have wanted, but how many know God's still got a work he wants to do in you, and he's still got a work that he's planning on doing through you, and I'm so grateful that no mask, no guideline, no earthly authority is going to be greater than the lordship of Jesus Christ. Yes. But there's a big if that goes with that. If we will make sure that we're the ones pressing in, assembling together, leaning, locking arms, and, and, and bringing God's kingdom to earth. You know, so we, we uh, assemble together and we wind up staying balanced. Galatians 5, I'm just going to read verse 16 here. says, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And it goes on to talk about all, all of the, the desires of the flesh. But here's the thing. We come to church, we're being pulled in. We're being lifted up. We're being uh, propelled forward to walk after the Spirit, not according to the flesh. All right, number six is to be accountable. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, Likewise, you that are younger and of lesser rank, be subject to the elders, the ministers, and the spiritual guides for the church, giving the due respect and yielding to their counsel. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility. So again, accountability, humility, rubbing shoulders with others. There's an iron sharpening iron, it tells us in Proverbs, that happens when we assemble together. Number seven, to join in united prayer and worship. You know, we talked about uh, how powerful it is that there is a corporate anointing that happens. But again, let me just pause and say there too, if we show up and we don't engage, we don't pull the corporate anointing in, right? So that's why I say every time you see in the natural the enemy doing something that would push back against it being a little easier to go after God, I'd say dig your heels in the ground and lean into that and say, I won't settle. I'll go harder after God. I'll get louder. I'll get more intense. I'll get more determined. And that's how we will push back and, and just, just sideline everything that the enemy would want to do during this season of time. Matthew 18, 19, and 20. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. All right, number eight, an eighth reason why we come to church is to encourage others. You want to know what? It was encouraging when the doors opened and there were 50 people here. 
It was also encouraging when we came back the next week and there was even more people here as, you know, our limitations were lifted. And as you being here makes a difference, you being engaged makes a difference. Can I just tell you on, uh, online, I know there's some people, they, they, they find the, the chat box distracting. Um, and I, I know there's kind of a time and place to be talking about like, pray for my dog, he's going to the vet, you know, maybe not during worship, maybe do that before or after or whatever. But I know for me, when I'm watching online and I see comments, praise the Lord, I love you, Jesus, man, it encourages me, you know, and just, just to be an encouragement to each other during this season is so vital. Uh, Hebrews 10.25, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another in all the more as you see the day, capital D, the day of Jesus' return approaching. Okay, number nine, to grow and mature in your walk with Jesus Christ, uh, we need to be assembling together. There's growth that happens when we come together. John tells us we abide in him and his word abides in us. We can ask what we want and it'll be done for us. All right, and then the last one we're going to look at before we pray is that when we come together, we complete the body. So we understand that God's got a perfect picture of everything that he wants to do. Uh, if you're not here and you're supposed to be a part of the body, uh, then, then the complete picture is not put together. Ten reasons why we have to make a determination to not forsake assembling together. Can you say amen? I want to remind you just one more time, if you're watching online, if you're here live uh, and you're not membered and Grace and Peace is your home, why not come out this next Sunday, not, not today, but next Sunday for the membership class. Again, if you signed on late uh, or if you were tuning me out earlier, you can text our text number NMC for new member class. That'll get you signed up. You can call our church office or you can do info at graceandpeace.org. And we'd love to tell you all about, you know, the DNA of the church, the purpose and the mission of the church. And every person who has membered has said, uh, I will be a part of driving the, the, the mission forward of what God wants to do. Every person who has membered has said, I'm going on record. You can count on me. You know, and it's a precious thing. I say oftentimes that the, you know, we, we need the full body. We need everybody that's here. The membership winds up uh, being the backbone of the mission that God is looking to walk out through grace and peace. So why don't we pray together as we close? Amen. And just with your heads bowed, uh, I, I just want to, in our closing, I want to issue a challenge to us. I, I, I want to invite you, again, if, if you have, during the season, if you've experienced some of what I mentioned I experienced, that, that lull, that, you know, patterns and routines so disrupted that, um, you, you know, uh, you're, you're just kind of, when it comes to church, it's sort of hit and miss. I want to encourage us together here this morning to make a determination recognizing that this church, this is his body. There, this is, he designed, he invented, he created the Church of Grace and Peace to be an expression of his will in our region and, and around the world. And, and, and if, if attending and assembling is something that's just kind of gone by the wayside, I want to invite you and encourage you just to make a decision this morning to say in a fresh way, I'm, I'm covenanting together with my brothers and sisters here at Grace and Peace to say, I'm on board. This is my church home. I'm bringing my supply. Friends, I, I just want to encourage you. Make a determination. I will not give up on my church. 
I will be a part of seeing my church become everything that God has called it to be. And, and if that's you, then, then let's just agree together. Father, this morning, we are so grateful. Lord, for the work that you've done in our lives, again, as we look at what's happened in our lives as our own personal lives have intersected with the Church of Grace and Peace. Lord, we are committed here today to say that we want to follow after you. We want to prioritize. Lord, we want to intentionally prioritize assembling together. If we have to do it long distance for right now, if it's better for us to do it distance and online right now, Lord, we want to, in whatever setting that we're moving forward in these days ahead, Lord, we want to do it with all of our heart. So Lord, let there be a fresh anointing upon us. Lord, let there be a fresh determination. Help us to shake off if there's places where the enemy's got in, if there's places where we've just gotten some lag. Lord, we ask that you'd help us, by your grace, shake that stuff off so that we can together run hard after you. God, we give you all the praise for it, all the glory. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.